Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to episode five of Light the Lamp. I'm your host, Alexis Downey. Happy to have you join me halfway through this final week of September. And it's hard to believe we're almost to October already. The Ducks played game two of their preseason schedule Tuesday night in San Jose, falling five to four at the SAP Center. The Sharks jumped out to an early lead with two goals, but the team did battle back to net a few of their own ultimately coming up short. The Ducks will play at home tonight, that being Wednesday, and Friday this week as a part of their next preseason games. Now, as we keep rolling through the week, a couple of pieces of NHL news for you on this Wednesday. Leafs' John Tavares will be out to begin the season due to an oblique injury. He is expected to be out at least three weeks, according to head coach Sheldon Keefe. Now, the captain of the Leafs sustained the injury during their preseason game on Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. Tavares is entering year number five with the Leafs, coming off a 76-point season last year. Canucks winger Brock Besser will likely be out to start the season after having hand surgery on Monday. The recovery is expected to be three to four weeks after getting injured Saturday during training camp. And the Florida Panthers agreed to terms with goalie Spencer Knight on a three-year contract extension. Knight was a part of the Panthers' President's Trophy run last season, splitting time in net with Sergei Bobrovsky. He held a 19-9-3 record last year in the 32 games that he played in. The team now has their goalie tandem between the two of them. I'm excited to share in this next segment my interview this week with the national play-by-play broadcaster Kenny Albert. You'll recognize his voice from a variety of different sports, calling games from each of the major sports leagues. Last season, Elbert worked with the NHL on TNT crew, calling national games as the lead play-by-play broadcaster. He also had a couple of trips here to Anaheim for games. I really enjoyed diving into his career, as well as hearing the stories from moments throughout it. Now take a listen. I'm joined now by the man who does it all, play-by-play broadcaster Kenny Albert here on Light the Lamp. Kenny, I'm excited to have you join me for the first time on DuckStream. Well, Alexis, it's great to be with you. Congratulations on the new gig. I'm sure you'll have a great time uh, covering the Ducks in the NHL out in Southern California and uh, look forward to the season getting started shortly. Yeah, I'm already enjoying the sunshine here. It's it's a little different than Chicago was, but uh, I'm going to be honest. When I was preparing for this, you know, I had a hard time deciding what exactly I wanted to talk about because you're involved in everything. So I, I feel like you must pride yourself in keeping a very detailed planner. I do, and it's funny you mention that because I was just going over uh, the upcoming schedule today uh, with the various networks and and teams. So. I think that's one of the keys is to be organized. Um, I enjoy, really love the variety of of the different sports that I'm involved in. Um, it really started back in high school. I was I was working for my school newspaper, covering some of the local high school teams, and by total luck, uh, a small cable television station came to my school to film a girls basketball game, and I volunteered to announce the game and. I wound up working for them for the next three years in a, in a number of different sports, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, lacrosse, soccer. So it, it started at a young age, but really loved the variety. 
And what kind of challenges does that present, you know, going from one sport to the next, whether, you know, NFL to an MLB game, I'm sure it's almost like a mental switch for you when you call the different games. It, it is, I guess I'm, I'm pretty used to it because I've been doing mm-hmm. it for so many years, but uh, it is a challenge. You have to be really organized. I feel um, I have a checklist that I go down prior to each broadcast starting about uh, five to seven days before, depending on the sport. And it involves uh, reading everything I can get my hands on about the teams that I have coming up on a broadcast, watching previous games, uh, attending and uh, listening to press conferences and, and interviews with players and coaches and preparing charts and pouring through statistics. It sounds like a lot, but uh, there is a lot of work and prep and travel involved. But to me, it doesn't feel like work. It's so much fun. Uh, we actually get paid to call sporting events on television <laughs> and radio. So um, never really feel like I'm working, but you do have to be organized. I've had instances where I've had multiple sports in the span of a week. In fact, the last uh, five or six days as we as we tape this, um, I worked a baseball game in Philadelphia last Thursday, a football game in Nashville on Sunday, and a hockey game in New York on Monday. Oh, so get it, getting back into the swing of things. But organization is the key and trying not to fall behind. And um, there are also differences, as you alluded to, in calling the, the various sports. Mm-hmm. And there are also challenges bouncing back and forth between radio and TV. On radio, you have to be so descriptive, give the score and time a lot more often than you must on TV because it's up in the left-hand corner of the screen. So um, there are different challenges, but it's a lot of fun and uh, really never gets old. And when you're on the road for all of these games, what are some of the things that you like to keep in your routine and your everyday that you're doing? I I am pretty routine-oriented, so the preparation for games, whether I'm home or on the road, is pretty similar. Um, as you know, with hockey, we'll go to the morning skate on the day of a game, mm-hmm. um, head back to the hotel, grab lunch, and then get ready to head back to the arena. So on hockey days, it's 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 pretty busy. Um, you know, I do like to, and I've probably done more of this in recent years. Um, early on, I was probably, um, we all over-prepare, and, and when we start our careers, you know, you want to prove that you did the work. So you probably go a little bit overboard as far as the preparation goes and the time you put in, but I feel you can never be overprepared. Um, but I definitely have, have tried through the years to, to spend some of the downtime um, just enjoying the various cities that, that, that we travel to and, and doing a little bit of sightseeing, whether it's uh, uh, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii when I was there to broadcast a Pro Bowl or the Smithsonian in Washington. Um, the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, and my when my kids would come along on occasion, you know, we'd certainly try to um, to to do some things that uh, involve culture and learning and um, sightseeing. So I, I've definitely tried to do some of that as well. Um, even though we're there, you know, primarily to do a job and, and broadcast the game, there, there definitely is downtime where you can uh, do some of those things. And with that downtime, certainly in your preparation as well, do you have the chance to, you know, go, go through tapes and things like that? Is that what you enjoy when you're preparing for the games or just talking to players and coaches and that? You know, it's really, it's really a combination of, of everything. Um, I will watch 
for hockey, I, I definitely try to watch each team's previous game, and it, it's gotten a lot easier mm-hmm. um, with with the NHL app or ESPN Plus, for example. Uh, when I first started out, you couldn't see the other games, and then with DirecTV and satellite, I was able to watch games on the NHL package at home. It was a little bit harder to do on the road, but with technology these days, no matter what the sport is, you can pretty much watch any game on your phone or on your iPad or on your laptop. So that's actually gotten a lot easier through the years. And I'm sure you've met so many people working in this industry. Do you still get those moments where you meet someone and you just like take a minute to reflect and just take in the moment? I do. Um, I've been so fortunate. I've worked with over 225 uh, analysts in the various sports, uh, color analysts and sideline reporters. And many of them are were superstar athletes in their sport, Hall mm-hmm. of Famers, champions. Uh, just this past year, first year of the NHL on TNT, uh, Wayne Gretzky worked a game with us up in Hamilton, Ontario, the outdoor game between Toronto and Buffalo. And then he also joined us during the conference final in Edmonton. So it, it's always so exciting to be around, uh, you know, those types of folks. Uh, with football, we get to interview the players and coaches every week in person, uh, once in a while on Zoom now over these last couple of years. But just to be able to sit down with a with a with a Peyton Manning or a Brett Favre, for example, or an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, it really never gets old. Mm-hmm. And whenever I work with an analyst for the first time, I try to do some extra studying on their career because you want to uh, make some references uh, to their playing or coaching days, make them feel comfortable, bring up things that might be relevant in that game. So. Uh, to me, that's one of the most fun aspects of of being a, a sportscaster, a play-by-play announcer, is the relationships and the people you get to meet along the way. Are there any stories from some of the people that you have met along the way that you would like to share that maybe it's like a favorite moment for you or anything like that? Well, I don't know if it was a favorite moment <laughs> while it's happening, but I will share one of the stories that I tell frequently. And if I can give a quick plug, I actually am in the process of writing a book. Oh, wow. I turned That's it awesome. to the publisher about a month ago, and it's it's scheduled to uh, be published about a year from now. It's called A Mic for All Seasons, and the I in, in the word mic, M-I-C, is a microphone. And I tell a lot of these stories about uh, the various analysts I've worked with, games I've called, some travel tales, et cetera. So uh, really enjoy reminiscing, and and I've told the story so many times that I figured, why not uh, put pen to paper? So uh, here, here's my, in 32 years, Alexis, uh, the, the story that, that I probably tell the most often, uh, get asked about. So my first full-time job, I was the radio broadcaster for the Baltimore Skipjacks of the American Hockey League. We were the Washington Capitals affiliate. Mm-hmm. And it was an unbelievable experience. I wouldn't trade in those two years for anything. The reps on the radio, 80 games a year for two years. The experiences working in the team office and the bus rides, uh, six, eight, 10 hour bus rides with the team. But uh, the story that I love to tell is in in, in March of 92, uh, it was one of the only times that we actually um, flew on a road trip. Normally we take the bus within the United States, but we would take one trip a year to the maritime provinces in Canada, Nova Scotia, uh, New Brunswick and Newfoundland. So mm-hmm. we flew 
We departed Baltimore early one morning. We took three flights that day. We went from Baltimore to Boston, Boston to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then Halifax to Sydney, Nova Scotia. And we landed in, in Sydney in the late afternoon, and it was a small plane, a regional jet. It was mostly us, the, the 20 players, two coaches, a couple of trainers, and, and the broadcaster, me. So there were probably 25 people in the traveling party, not many others on the plane. So we we deplaned down the steps onto the tarmac at this really small airport in Sydney. And there's a gentleman at the bottom of the steps with a clipboard. And as I came down, he points to my name and asks if 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 that was me. And he took me into a small room in the airport. Now I thought, because a lot of our luggage we were told was not going to make it on the plane because of all the hockey equipment and the sticks. Mm -hmm. So the luggage was going to come the next day on a different flight. So I, I, I figured that as a team representative, he wanted me to sort of go through what some of the luggage looks like and what color, how big your bags are, et cetera. So they, he starts asking me all these questions. Uh, is your passport valid? Have you ever been arrested? Does anyone uh, that you know well, are they in trouble? Do you, did you bring anything illegal in your bag? Uh, 20 <laughs> questions. And, and then they put me in, a, in, a, in an official car, an official vehicle. Uh, two gentlemen start driving around. And I knew I wasn't being kidnapped. It was a, it was a police car. And I, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And it turns out it was a practical joke set up by Barry Trotz, <laughs> who, was my, who was my road roommate with the Skip Shacks for two years. To save money, they had the radio broadcaster and the assistant coach share a room together on the road. I was I was 23 or 24. He was 27, 28, and we were real good friends. And and to this day, I, I learned so much from Barry. And obviously, he's gone on to become uh, the third winningest coach in NHL history. Won a Stanley Cup with Washington, uh, but he set me up because a few months earlier, I taped a radio interview with him, and he said something kind of funny. He flubbed a couple of words, and I did not use it on the air, but I made the mistake of playing it for some of the players, and word got back to him, and I was kind of making fun of him, and uh, he said, I'll get you back, and he did about four months later with uh, with with the fake arrest. That is an incredible story. Oh, my goodness. I feel like you hear those stories, too, of uh, pranks being played a lot. I know around the NHL there's a couple pranksters, but um, have you had any any more pranks that have been played on you since then? Uh, not really. That that was the big one. Um, <laughs> you know, there are there are definitely much more minor practical mm -hmm. jokes there that that take place. Um, Eddie Olchek loves to send over a birthday cake to one of us at dinner, even if it's not our birthday. Things like that. So, <laughs> uh, but the 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 fake arrest, the practical joke, um, that that will probably stand for a long time as uh, the number one on my list. <laughs> That's awesome. Great story. Uh, and I, I know the someone that has had a big influence on your life, obviously your father, Marv uh, Albert, retiring back in 2021 from broadcasting, a Hall of Fame guy. How much of an influence did he have on you with your career? And now that he is retired, does he listen to your game still? Oh, obviously a huge influence. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't really know anything different. Uh, my first memories of him are aside from obviously, uh, things that took place at home, but watching him on television, listening on the radio, he was the voice of the Knicks and the Rangers and the six and 11 o'clock news on WNBC in New York during my childhood. And 
it was great. I would tag along. I would go to games. I would bring friends along when, when I was old enough to do that. Um, I started doing stats for him in high school and through college and just learned so much via osmosis by being in the broadcast booth, observing the preparation. And he also has two brothers who were longtime play-by-play broadcasters, um, mostly basketball, but they also did hockey and boxing and some other sports. So when when Stephen Al came over when I was young, it felt like I was listening to the first all sports radio station. The three of them would sit around and tell stories about the various leagues and networks. Um, he would always listen to some of my games uh, when I started working professionally. Uh, not all of them, of course, because we were both so busy working, but uh, would always give great advice. Uh, still watches and listens. I watched and listened to so many of his games. He's enjoying retirement. Uh, never thought he would retire, but he's 80. <laughs> Uh, one years old now and uh, finished up with the NBA playoffs in, in 2021. But um, it was just a tremendous childhood uh, getting to go to so many games. And I felt like I had a head start on anybody else my age that wanted to get into the business. Do you guys have the opportunity to talk about things outside of sports as well? <laughs> uh, once in a while. <laughs> most, most of the conversation uh, surrounds sports and broadcasting. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, we, we do for sure. <laughs> Well, obviously, you touched on it a little bit earlier, being a part of the NHL on TNT last season. Uh, you know, that's where we connected at the Winter Classic last season. But how was the first year of that? It was great. Um, the, the crew is unbelievable. Uh, between Eddie, Keith Jones, our producer, Kevin Brown and Joe Whalen, our director, Paul Hemming, uh, we all get along really well. Um, Eddie and, and Jonesy and I and Kevin Brown, one of the producers, we all worked together at NBC for many years. So it just felt so familiar, even though it was a new network. Uh, so many of us had worked together and Turner did an unbelievable job integrating the studio crew. And uh, they were out with us during the Western Conference Finals. So year one was was a lot of fun. We had the three outdoor games, the Winter Classic in, in Minneapolis, and then uh, the game in Nashville and the game in Hamilton and uh, the Colorado Edmonton series. Even though it was a sweep, it was so exciting. A couple of real high-scoring games, uh, being around the guys, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Bissonnette, Anson Carter, uh, Liam McHugh, the entire uh, pregame crew, Rick Tockett, they were there for the entire Avs-Oilers series. And we can't wait to get started this year. We have a a preseason game in Denver next week. We'll be there for the banner raising, uh, the Avalanche home opener against the Blackhawks on October 12th. And uh, this year we'll be very fortunate to take it all the way through the Stanley cup finals. So can't wait to get started. How special was it for you to be a part of the Stanley cup playoffs and getting to call some of the Rangers games too in New York and just see how impressive that team was last postseason. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I had been involved in the, in the playoffs with NBC for about a decade and called the Stanley cup in, in 2021, Tampa, Montreal, uh, last year with the first year, of the NHL on TNT. I did work several of the Rangers games, including the game seven against Pittsburgh, uh, the Artemi Panarin overtime goal to send them on to the second round. I've also done radio for the Rangers since 1995. Hard to believe this is season 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do all the games due to my other commitments, but um, really honored to continue to be part of the organization on the broadcast side. Uh, worked a preseason game last night uh, as we tape this uh, with Joe Micheletti, the Rangers and Islanders opener. Uh, they have a, a team that uh, certainly in many people's minds, including mine, uh, should be a Stanley Cup contender this year. Uh, 
They went all the way to game six of the conference final last year, had a two nothing lead on Tampa in that series. And uh, really from top to bottom, from the goaltender, Igor Shesterkin on out, a tremendous group of defensemen and then star forwards. So uh, it should be another really successful season in New York uh, coming off last year's uh, trip to the conference final after they fell behind 3-1 to Pittsburgh, came back and won that series. They trailed Carolina 3-2, came back to win that game seven on the road. So uh, looking forward to getting started with the Rangers as well. Now, a couple of those Rangers that now are here in Anaheim, Brian Strom, Frank Petrano, Kevin Shattenkirk. I mean, you've you've watched them. You know what they're like off the ice as well a little bit, too. But can you tell Ducks fans that might be listening what to expect from, you know, a new guy like Strom and Vetrano? Well, there certainly is a New York flavor uh, with the Ducks, with, with the players you mm-hmm. mentioned, <laughs> uh, the three former Rangers. You also have Trevor Zegras, who grew up in Westchester County in New York, about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. Uh, Adam Henrique played for the New Jersey Devils for a number of years. Ryan Strom, uh, one of my favorite people uh, in all my years with the Rangers. He's a great guy. He's so media savvy. He won the, uh, the the team's media award last year, the Good Guy Award for cooperation with the media, and a terrific player. Uh, he's a guy the Rangers acquired in a steal of a trade for Ryan Spooner about four years ago, and Strom was so consistent, you know, a, a 50, 60-point man uh, every year. He had such great chemistry with Artemi Panarin and scored some big goals in the playoffs last year, but just an all-around good guy. and. Um, you know, so happy for his success and the new contract with the Ducks and, uh, you know, wish him all the all the luck in the world. Uh, don't really know Frank Vetrano. He came over at the trade deadline. Don't know him personally because some of the protocols were still in place, so we couldn't really get uh, close to the players last season. But he had a tremendous impact. Uh, both Vetrano and Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott were the acquisitions at the deadline and Justin Braun, a defenseman. And uh, Frank wound up. Uh, in the top six, played on each of the top two lines, and he's not afraid to shoot, and, and that's one of the things the Rangers needed, and he scored some big goals down the stretch, big goals in the playoffs, and was a big part of their run uh, in the postseason as well. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, another great guy. Uh, I've, I've gotten to know him pretty well through the years. He actually played in high school uh, for my Rangers radio partner, Dave Maloney, who was the former captain of the team. Uh, and has done radio now for close to two decades, and he's on the TV side as well. His son and Kevin were high school teammates up in Greenwich, Connecticut, and Dave was one of his coaches. So uh, they've been they've been close to one another for a long time. So I actually got to know Kevin a little bit when he was in St. Louis and then came to the Rangers, of course. So another great guy. So happy for him when he won the Stanley Cup with Tampa Bay. And uh, great to see uh, shaddy, as we all call him, having uh, continued success out with the Ducks. Mm-hmm. And you called a couple of the games in Anaheim last season. How much do you like coming to Honda Center? It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Eddie and Jonesy and I did have a couple of games there. Um, Ducks are an exciting up-and-coming team. We enjoyed watching some of the young players, such as Zegras and Troy Terry, who we also covered in the Olympics in uh, Pyeongchang back in 2018 when he was one of the three uh, collegiate players on that U.S. Olympic team uh, when the NHL did not go. Um, always enjoyed uh, talking with Dallas Akins. Uh, he was a Ranger briefly back in the in the mid '90s. They made a run to the conference final in '97, uh, wound up losing to Philadelphia, but he was a part of that team. So uh, always fun to get out to Southern California and cover Ducks games. 
Now, in this new era of hockey that we're seeing, I mean, it's it's almost a change in the NHL of all the different creativity that we get to see on the ice now. How have you observed this in the sense of, you know, you, you've seen the old and now we're getting the new. What are some of your thoughts about that? The league continues to get younger and faster, and it's so much fun to watch. You know, whether it's Trevor Zegras scoring some of the goals that we saw from him last year, uh, Jack Hughes in New Jersey, uh, you know, so many great young players from coast to coast uh, all around uh, the 32 teams. And uh, with the Rangers, the team that I get to see more often than any others, players such as Mika Zibanejad and Panarin and Chris Kreider and some of the youngsters with Lafreniere and, and Capo Caco, Filipino playing together in the playoffs last year. Um, it's really a young man's league. And I think with uh, the advent of some of the technology over the last 10 or 15 years, social media, mm-hmm. uh, some of those young players are uh, out there uh, at the forefront. And uh, it, it's, it's such an exciting sport to call and uh hopefully some of those young guys can carry the mantle over the next uh decade or two and uh as the nhl uh, continues to move forward kenny great to have you join me today on light the lamp next time you're in anaheim you're gonna have to come into our studio here the paul korea studio and uh sign the glass that we have we like to have all of our guests sign the glass so make sure to put that on your your to-do list this season Well, I absolutely will, Alexis. Always love uh, chatting with all of the Ducks broadcasters. It's a great crew. Uh, Brian Hayward's a former partner of mine. We did some Olympic and NHL games together. So I look forward to getting back out there. Best of luck uh, to you. And please send my regards to all the former Rangers as well. John Moore, I left off that list. (laughs) Uh, We chatted earlier. He's another ex-Ranger. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Alexis. I loved hearing that story about Barry Trotz and definitely will be getting Kenny's book once it comes out. Now it's time for my final quack, where I leave you with my last thoughts before closing out this episode. So something to look forward to. We are exactly two weeks from the Ducks season and home opener at Honda Center on October 12th. The team will welcome the Seattle Kraken to town, and I cannot wait for that night, and I hope to see you guys there. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. Come back next time for more hockey talk here on Duck Stream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Stream.